This is The Overreaction, where we have open discussions about birth stories, fertility journeys, loss, life as a birth worker, and so, so much more. I'm your host, Ashton Scott. You can check out the episode description to find some show notes with links to our guests' social medias and where you can find them, as well as a link to our own Instagram, where you can send a DM to submit your story so that you can join us on this podcast and on this journey of building connection and community with people who are in the same boat as you. Enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome back to The Overreaction. It is a beautiful Tuesday to share a magical birth story. I had the honor of sitting down and chatting with Petra Cruz. She walks us through her VBAC after three cesareans. So she takes us through each of her first three births that ended in cesarean and then kind of arriving to the decision to have a VBAC. And for those who don't know, a VBAC is a vaginal birth after cesarean. And there are so many magical high points of the story. I know I use the word magic a lot on this platform, but it's so true every time. And these magical high points are so interesting and so cool. And I'm really excited to share this with you. Petra decided after her VBAC that she was going to become a doula as well to help support parents arrive to their dream birth. And she also is a childbirth educator and she has started her own podcast. So that's linked in the description. Um, and, and I'm really excited to be tuning into this podcast too, because Petra just, I, I just love hearing her content, seeing her content on Instagram. She's just, she's just wonderful in all of the ways. And I'm excited to funnel some more connections to her. So without further ado, this is Birth Dreams Do Come True with Petra Cruz. Hello, Petra. Hi, Ashton. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to hear your story today. So why don't you kick us off with some information about you um, and a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today? Sure. So obviously, my name is Petra. I am a birth and postpartum doula, and I have four children, three girls, and one boy. And I'm just trying to figure out this, this new business because I'm a new doula. So I just recently became a doula after my fourth child. So yeah, it's been exciting. Yeah, it is a journey kind of like getting your feet <laughs> or getting catching your your balance uh, in this in this journey. Um, so why don't you place us in your story? Sure. So It all started (laughs) when I was 16 years old and I became pregnant. It was not planned, but you know, it happens. Mm -hmm. And I went into labor and went to the hospital immediately because that's what I always seen in the movies. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, from there it was, 
you got to lay on your back. We got to monitor the baby. You can't move around. You got to stay there. And so I listened. I was a child, you know, I'm conditioned to listen to adults. So that's what I did. And it ended up in a C-section because my doctor said there was a deceleration, heart deceleration they did not like. And they said, your baby could die. So we need to get the baby out now. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Uh, okay, well, let's do it. You know, I don't know any better. You're the doctor. So mm-hmm. we had a C-section. I barely remember anything from it because I was so drugged up. And, um, but, you know, I had my beautiful baby. And fast forward to 10 years later, I got pregnant with my second daughter and I ended up having placenta previa. And I didn't realize that that could be something that happens after you have a C-section. So could you you explain a little bit about what placenta previa is? Sure. So placenta previa is when your placenta is essentially covering your cervix. So it's blocking the exit for the baby. Mm. And there's different variations. I had a partial previa, so it was partially covering my cervix. And I know there's full previa as well, but anyways, that's not what I had. Mm -hmm. And so the doctor said, you have to have a C-section. You don't have a choice. And this was at 20 weeks. Uh, And so I didn't realize that I could wait it out and see if the placenta moves out of Mm -hmm. the way. I didn't find out till my fourth baby when I checked my radical records that it had moved out of the way by the time I was... 35 weeks, uh, they did another ultrasound in and yeah, it had moved out of the way, but they still scheduled me for a repeat C-section. They never told me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I had voiced to my doctor that I wanted to try for a VBAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like, nope, there's no way it's, that's all there is to it. So yeah, that was disappointing, but wow. Yeah. So I had my baby at 36 weeks and, um, yeah. That was crazy, but (laughs) I decided to have another baby four years later and it was a repeat C-section because I didn't know. My doctor said, nope, we don't support VBACs here, so you have to have a C-section. Nobody Mm -hmm. in this hospital will allow it. And that word allow just, oh my gosh, drives me crazy now. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So I did have a repeat C-section because I did not educate myself. I just thought, well, my doctor knows best. And, you know, it's the way we're kind of conditioned to think. So, yeah, I had another C-section, my third. And my husband and I decided we wanted a fourth. So about a year later, I told my husband, if we have another baby, I'm not planning another C-section. I don't want to go through it. It's so rough. It's, you know, it's a major surgery. It is. And then you're expected to take care of this little person, like after your abdomen was just cut open and put back together. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I said, I'm going to plan for VBAC and kind of don't care what my doctors have to say about it. (laughs) So, yeah, I did a lot of planning, preparing, educating myself. 
I actually changed doctors because I had the same doctor. She's like, we definitely don't support this. Your baby's going to die. You're going to die. It was just, oh my gosh. All the alarming language thrown around. It's always helpful. Exactly. Yeah. So I knew I had no support there. So Mm -hmm. I changed doctors and they actually didn't support my VBAC, um, but they supported vaginal birth after two C-sections. So I was like, well, that's better. You Mm -hmm. know, maybe they'll be more appeasing, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if they said no, I was like, I'm still going to do this. I really don't care what they have to say because this is my body. Mm. This is my baby. I will live with the consequences. They won't. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So as far as the like education side and planning, um, what are some of the key points that went into that for, for those that are out there maybe listening to this and trying to plan their own VBAC? Yeah. So I did a lot actually. Mm-hmm. I, so I read everything I could on VBAC. You know, I Googled how to have a successful VBAC. And so everything just kept coming up. Hire a doula, mm. uh, do yoga, make sure you exercise, do this diet. And so I kind of did a little bit of everything and fear clearing. That was huge mm. because everybody was fear mongering me. It yeah. was you're going to harm your baby. You're going to harm yourself. You're going to regret this. This is safer. So. So what is fear clearing? So what I personally did is I wrote a list. I wrote down all my fears, every single one, even if they felt kind of silly that they were a fear, I just wrote it down and I went through them and I went through each one and said, okay, what is the worst thing that can happen with this situation? Like uterine rupture. That's, that's the biggest fear that everybody, you know, kind of pushes at you. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is the worst thing that can happen? And what is the percentages of this actually happening? Which if you look at the data, it is quite minimal. Like, yeah. less than 1%. So if you look at that in the opposite direction, you have like a 99% chance of having a successful VBAC. So to me, those odds were amazing. And I was so for it. So anyways, I just went through all of my fears, looked at the worst case scenario, and thought to myself, okay, am I okay with this if this happens? And if this does happen, what am I going to do? So I kind of had a plan of action for each fear if it did happen. Because let's be real, birth is super unpredictable. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Birth is very unpredictable for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just did that. And I actually looked at that list every single week. And I was like, I got this. Like, I can do this. I've already done the work. Yeah. I'm, you know, and I focused on, I actually did hypnobirthing. So I focused on practicing that every single day, getting my mindset right, and just letting myself be, not trying to control things, just letting it unfold the way it was going to unfold. Yeah. Beautiful. Some surrender, I hear. Definitely. 
Definitely. And which that can be so hard in pregnancy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And and especially it can definitely be difficult in labor and birth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, mm. So I just did all those things to kind of prepare myself uh, for what I felt like was going to be the biggest hurdle of my life to get over. <laughs> I literally went to every single doctor's appointment after I switched providers and they would say, okay, let's schedule your C-section. And I would tell them, I'm not doing this. You know, I'm not going to schedule it. If you would like to schedule it, you know, that's fine, but I'm not going to show up. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm planning for a VBAC. I'm not hoping for one. I'm planning for this. And so Every single appointment, it was the same thing. I literally called my husband after every appointment because, you know, he was working. So a lot of times he didn't come and I would just cry to him and tell him like, gosh, am I doing the right thing? And he's like, you're doing what you feel is right. He's like, forget them. They have their own agenda. Mm. It's like, that's right. So he would always kind of get me back on track. (laughs) Like, yes, I know what I'm doing. And it's all good, you know, because you can do all the mental work and all the preparation towards it. But when somebody is constantly telling you no, and you can't, and we don't, you know, support you, it's like, sometimes it can kind of get in your head. Yeah, I think it's totally natural to start to question Am I like exactly what you said? Am I doing the right thing here? Because like you said, this, this sort of authority figure is questioning you or telling you, you can't. And yeah. So how did you push through that? And then on, you know, the big day or (laughs) heading into labor, what does that look like? Yeah. So I just, you know, kept pushing through it and, telling myself I can do this and even sometimes being like you can do this you know like looking at myself (laughs) in the mirror like you're strong you can do this your body was made for this you know I would just affirm myself visually Mm -hmm. you know looking at the mirror looking at myself in the mirror and yeah it was awesome I feel looking back on it I'm like that was so good I do that now but I don't know it's not really the same you know sure (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's still, it's amazing. Like I encourage anybody to do that kind of work, like that self, just looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, So coming to when I went into labor, so I actually experienced prodromal labor. Yeah, Yeah, it was, (laughs) it was not fun. So (laughs) it started on a Friday. Uh, So it was actually the night before my due date which, you know, due dates are kind of funny. They're not mm-hmm. really accurate, but <laughs> <laughs> they get you kind of excited. Um, so it was the night before that, and I started contracting. It was like every five to seven minutes. And I was like, okay, this might be it. And I was just, you know, going through them and fell asleep and woke up and it was morning. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that actually happened for the next two nights. Uh, um, yeah. So, but it, it actually felt, you know, 
very manageable. And I was like, man, if they're all like this, I could do this. This is no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Monday actually rolled around and I actually had a doctor's appointment. It was my 40 week checkup. Um, so I did go in and I was contracting off and on and the, it was a nurse practitioner. She said, well, would you like me to check you? And I was like, you know, I really didn't want any of those interventions, but then it's like, at the same time, I was so curious. Yeah. And that curiosity kills. It does. <laughs> um, so yeah, I said, okay. And she's like, okay, well, you're like two to three centimeters. And I was like, oh, okay. My body's doing its thing. Yeah. Those sleepless nights are paying off a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, so she actually offered to do a membrane sweep and I was like, okay, you know, like, it's like when you're in that tired state, you say yes to things that mm -hmm. you originally didn't want. Mm -hmm. And I was so exhausted. And I was just like, all right. So if you're not, you know, if your audience is not familiar, a membrane sweep is kind of where they go in and release the membranes. And it releases a hormone that kind of gets labor going. Mm -hmm. um, so I... <laughs> After that, it was on. It was yeah? like, oh, yeah. It was like every five to seven minutes nonstop. Wow. Yeah. It literally took us like 20 minutes to get from the doctor's office to the parking lot. Wow. <laughs> and it's a, it's a three-minute walk. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to keep stopping because I had back labor. Oh, um, good. Yeah. It was amazing. So... <laughs> And I didn't realize you could have labor in your legs or your thighs. Mm. I had never heard of that, but I had it. Yeah. And it, it was crazy. Uh, my husband was doing, you know, the hip squeezes, which that was the only thing that was able to relieve my tension and all that. So uh, we went home, I had a great meal and I was like, I'm just going to go about my day and just kind of, you know, enjoy my last moments with the kids before we became a family of six. And so we just were, I was setting up my room. Um, I had these fairy lights up and I had my affirmation cards everywhere. And so I planned to labor in my room. And I did because I told myself I was going to labor until I, until I couldn't take it anymore, <laughs> which I actually, I didn't say this before, but I actually wanted a home birth, but my husband was completely against it. And I have some family in the medical field and they were like, no, that's so dangerous. Mm. And I was just like, ugh. So I gave yeah. into their fears mm. and, you know, was like, all right, I'll, I'll go to the hospital, but I'm going to labor at home as yeah. long as humanly possible. Right. We're going to meet in the middle here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, just a little caveat. If I do have another baby, I'm I'm giving birth at home and I don't care what anybody says. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
we're with you. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so yeah, so I labored at home. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. I wish somebody would have taken pictures because it was just so magical. I was in the zone. So if anybody is on the fence of getting a birth photographer, I 1000% like do it. Yeah. Because I second those that. memories, yeah, those memories, like you never get that birth experience back. Mm-hmm. And it's just oh, so magical. You're in this different state. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. So I labored at home. I think it was until one. So it was 9 a.m. when I went into the doctor, got home like 1030, labored at home till 130. And, uh, texted my doula and was like I think I'm ready for you because mm-hmm. my husband was trying to like you know take care of the kids and also help me because I literally needed him for every single contraction like I could not I just needed that relief mm-hmm. and every time he did those hip squeezes I felt instant gratification and relief yeah, yeah. so I called her and she came and oh my gosh, doulas are indispensable. <laughs> I mean, the knowledge they bring and the calm. I mean, from my experience with my doula, like she was so calm yeah. and she brought like her aromatherapy and just like, you know, her, um, all her balls and you know all the yeah all the things that doulas bring and she just helped me get into different positions to try to alleviate my back labor Mm -hmm. um which none of them were really working except for leaning over the bed Mm. um so I was like that for hours just leaning over the bed um yeah that's all only one that gave me relief and so we labored until I want to say it was like 5 p.m. at this point. And I was going through it great. I was talking and laughing, even though I was in act, I knew I was in active labor. I was just so like, I felt so serene. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, then I hit transition because. <laughs> which I didn't realize it at the time, but I was just like uncontrollably shaking. And I was like, why am I shaking? I'm so cold. Am I cold? You know, I was like, (laughs) what is happening? Um, So, and I was on the toilet at that point. Dilation station. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So my doula brought a pillow and I, you know, laid on it. And while I was on the toilet, it was so perfect. Oh my gosh. And she's Mm -hmm. like, it's okay. You're in transition. Your body's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Just give into it. And once she said that, I immediately released everything. And I was just like, I'm good. So I let my body do its thing. And, um, and but then after that, everybody kept asking me, like, you ready to go to the hospital? You ready to go to the hospital? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to honestly be like, oh, oops, we had a home birth, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, yes. But oh, my gosh, they were like, that was the only annoying part of my laboring at home was because they kept asking me because I know they were like not prepared for it. Um. 
So I was like, okay, fine, let's go to the hospital. And so it was like close to six o'clock and we headed to the hospital. It's like a 10 minute journey. Um, my contractions, they quit being as intense. And I was like, huh, I'm not in my like labor brain anymore. Mm. I was fully aware of my surroundings of what was happening. And we got to the hospital and it was so obnoxious because, you know, all the COVID stuff. Mm -hmm. So they had to test my husband and um, it was like, we have to take him for 20 minutes. And I was like, no, I need him with me right now. Like, <laughs> and my doula's like, it's okay. I'll go with you. And um, he's like, don't worry, babe, I'll be there. It's okay. <laughs> and I was just like, all right. So we went upstairs. Um, and then as I was walking, my contractions started coming again. And it took us quite a while to get up there to L&D. Um, but once we got there, the lady was getting all my information and uh, she was like, huh, you must be an early labor, huh? And um, my doula's like, why do you say that? And she's like, she's so calm. She's just talking <laughs> up a storm. Cause I was like talking like you and I are talking. Yeah. And I was just like laughing and, you know, it was fun for me. And um, so she's like, okay, well, let's get you this gown and go change. And I was like, oh no, I brought my own gown. It's okay. And she's like, oh no you have to wear our gown. And I was like, why? What? And yeah, it was, it was okay. So once we got to the hospital, all these annoying things started happening. And I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, um, I was like, I brought my own, so I don't need yours. And she's like, Oh, no, it's it's hospital policy. So we need you to get in it. And um, I started getting a contraction and I was just like, oh my gosh, whatever, fine. So my doula helped me, you know, change into it and everything because I, I had to go to the, well, she kept telling me like, let's go to the bathroom. Let's, you know, clear your bladder out and all that stuff. And so we went to the bathroom and oof, those contractions on the toilet are amazing. <laughs> um, so once we got into get checked, as you know, they're always like, oh, but let's check you. I was 10 centimeters. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm 10 centimeters. I thought they were going to be like, oh, you're like six or seven. But when I heard that, I was like, oh, yes, this is <laughs> happening. Um, so then they were like, okay, we'll get you a room. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're 10 centimeters. And you're like this happy this talkative and I was like oh and my doula's like well she did hypno babies so you know maybe that's why she's mm -hmm. so calm um so then once they got us into a room it was like we had one nurse that was like assigned to us and she was amazing Good. she was so sweet yeah she was so sweet and she was like whatever you guys want you know we'll do whatever you want and they did have like some kind of hospital higher up personnel come in to talk to us um because I was having a vaginal birth after three c-sections and they were like these are your wrists you can rupture you can this you can that and I was like I understand just give me the paper to sign mm -hmm. saying that I understand and I'm doing this anyway Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they did and um, then they were like, 
okay, we need to set an IV. We need to put you on the monitor. We need to do all this. And I was just like, okay, I do not want an IV. And they're like, okay, well, let's at least put like the HEP lock in. Mm. So just in case. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, okay. Cause you know, when you're in the throes of labor, gosh, when a million people are coming at you, you're just like, whatever like shut up so I can get through this I'm having transition contractions right now I guess (laughs) exactly yeah so um they did put the hep lock in not an IV um and then they did put me on the monitor but I was able to kind of um, move around and everything still because I told them I want to be able to move around like that's been really working for me and um kept going to the bathroom and everything so uh another doctor came in and was like I don't believe you're 10 centimeters. Let me check you because the person who checked you is not, um, is not a, I guess he was like a resident or Mm. he was, I don't know. So he didn't trust his skill, I guess. Uh, So he was like, um, so can I check you? And I was like, I guess. And so (laughs) he checked me and was like, oh, you're like nine, nine and a half with a bulging bag. And I was like, okay. Um, (laughs) we're still here great exactly (laughs) yeah yeah um and I did notice that my contractions had kind of tapered off once we were like getting into the room and everything and I think it was just because there were so many people Mm -hmm. and they were asking me so many questions that I think you know my labor kind of stalled and so yeah, I felt like I was laboring great and happy and nurses kept coming in were like, oh my gosh, you need to go teach the other people in the other room how to labor because you're doing so amazing. And I was like, okay, thanks, you know, um, <laughs> try my best here. You're all coming in though is not helping. Yeah, the interruptions are not, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyways, it it was like, an hour later and the doctor came in and was like, Hey, let's go ahead and break your bag. Um, because you know, we're changing shifts, so it might not be able to happen, you know, later. And (laughs) I was just like, why, (laughs) you know, why, what, why is this even necessary? Um, and he's like, change is not a great reason. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I was like, okay, why does that matter to me? I'm right. still going to be here. <laughs> um, so it was just, I was like, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, so I was just like, I guess, because he was like, your labor will go faster. And I was like, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. and which if you know birth, that doesn't necessarily mean your labor is going to go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everybody's body is different. Uh, so he did break my bag, um, which I would never do again. Because especially, you know, you never know what kind of placenta you have also. Mm. Um, you don't want to nick that placenta artery or, oh, gosh. Yeah. Thinking back on it. Yeah. No, thank you. Um <laughs> So I actually uh, labored until I think that was like seven o'clock. And then by nine o'clock PM, I was like, oh man, I can't get comfortable. 
And I was like, I need to get up. I need to move around. And they were like, oh, we keep losing the baby on the monitor. And I was like, yeah, because I want to move. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to just lay in bed. And they're like, well, let's try this position in bed. Let's try this position in bed. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, I can stand up. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and in my mind, I had always envisioned me like either standing and birthing my baby or squatting. Um, and I, okay, I literally dreamt about like pulling my baby out of me and onto my chest. Like, I've I don't know. Major goosebumps. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, like literally through my whole pregnancy. So I was like wow. manifesting this. I was mm -hmm. visioning it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it was like nine o'clock and we were trying to get comfortable while well, I was trying to get comfortable. Um, and finally I was like you know what I feel like I gotta poop <laughs> I was like I need to go to the bathroom right now and they're like no I don't think so yeah. um it's your baby and I was just like okay and I told the nurse can you just look down there and she's like oh yeah you're complete and the baby's right there and I was like okay um so I was like well I'm gonna push because I I feel like I need to push so I started pushing and <laughs> Okay, so I was like, give me the squat bar, like, give mm -hmm. me something. And if you're gonna like have me in bed, and um, they're like, oh, we can't find it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the lady's like, well, we'll lift up the bed as far as possible. So it's kind of like in a throne position. Mm -hmm. And so I was like sitting in this throne position and then they had like these handles on each side of me and it was like they kept telling me you can pull or push onto these handles and it'll help give you some like leverage I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like okay this feels really weird like I feel like I'm driving some kind of go-kart or something <laughs> like it was really weird um, and did not feel natural like mm -hmm at all because those handles are kind of weirdly positioned too where they're like lowered right yeah kind of like so if you're sitting in the in the throne position they're kind of like by your hips mm -hmm. um which is very weird to like try to even do anything with mm -hmm. so anyways I was like okay whatever um but so they brought the mirror at that point um because I guess he was like really right there and they were like look we want you to look and see your baby's head he's literally right there my husband's like oh my god he's right there like he's literally <laughs> right there <laughs> I was like okay so I pushed like five times and he flew out <laughs> and I grabbed I literally I have the picture you know of me pulling him and <gasps> pulling him onto my chest literally <gasps> Oh my gosh okay <laughs> like wow. my dream yes uh, oh my gosh it was so beautiful oh yeah wow okay yeah and so I just like hysterically cried and I was like oh my god I freaking did it like <laughs> oh man all the work and all the planning and all the coercion and mm -hmm. you know gaslighting I went through mm -hmm. with all these doctors it was worth it for that moment Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. And like I didn't say it before, but with my three C sections, I didn't cry or really have much emotion mm. because it just kind of felt 
you know, it's sterile. And I was like, okay, they're handing me this baby. You know, of course I was happy because I was like, well, that's my baby. But I didn't have that emotion like I did with this one. It was just like, and I think, you know, all the hormones and everything Mm -hmm. that's released once your baby's born is like, oh my gosh, it is like the best high you could ever experience. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was high. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Yeah. And he was perfect. Um, Yeah. They were so concerned during my pregnancy too, that he was too small. Um, They kept trying to push ultrasounds on me like, oh, he's too small and you're measuring really small. And I kept declining all of the um, ultrasounds because I was like, no, I don't need this unnecessary ultrasound. You know, he's, I'm sure he's fine. I'm still growing. So, Mm. you know, anyways, and he was perfect. He was a little over seven pounds, um, which is normal for my babies. They're all in the seven pound range. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was just Oh, it was perfect. So once that happened, I was like, I'm going to become a doula. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to help support women, um, all women, women, of course, but especially women planning a VBAC. Mm -hmm. Because it is just, gosh, if you've never experienced it, it is like nothing, nothing you've ever experienced. Oh my gosh. I'm, my face hurts from smiling so hard. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, that is all so incredibly beautiful. And the fact that you, your dream literally came true. Yeah. Just like brings tears to my eyes. I think that that is, that's just so incredible. And yeah, I'm over here like, getting my own oxytocin rushes <laughs> <laughs> and, and yes my, my cheeks hurt um in the best <laughs> way so yes uh oh my gosh okay so we're becoming a doula what does yes. that look like so I actually so I'm the type of person that when I say I'm going to do something I jump in like 1000 percent I hear you um yeah so it was like a week after I had him and I was like, all right, I'm looking for a doula, you know, program to sign up for. And I actually found one online and I did it and, you know, a week postpartum. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been now a doula for a year. Yeah. Cause he just turned a year a week ago. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So and that's brought up so many emotions. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it. And that just brings it like full circle to me why I wanted to become a doula. Because I've done I've supported birth not as a doula before. Mm-hmm. Um and for me it's totally different. Now that I'm knowledgeable about a lot more than I was before. Like, oh my gosh, like I support people in a totally different way. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. I also do birth education. So that is really important to me Mm -hmm. because like with my first through my third, 
I didn't educate myself. I didn't, you know, reach out for those tools to get the information so that I could be prepared for what was waiting for me at the hospital, you know. So to me, I really am focusing on like autonomy and just, you know, being able to have that informed consent uh, going into these and just have a plan on, you know, if, you know, this is your best case scenario, but if your best case scenario doesn't work out, like these are your options, you know, Mm -hmm. I never knew or even thought that I had options. So yeah, I just want to spread that word for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How can people connect with you to, to learn from you and, and be supported by you? So I am on Instagram that's where I am like the most present. Um, and it's, um, my, I call my company birthing come true. (laughs) So fitting. So fitting. (laughs) Yeah. Because obviously my birth came true. My dream birth. Yes. 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 Um, and that is actually birthing underscore come underscore true. Um, and then I do have a Facebook page, which is birthing come true. And then my website is birthingcometrue.com. Ah, I love it. Yes. That'll all be linked in the description. So everyone can go and connect with you. Awesome. (sighs) Yeah. And then actually I do have, um, like some exciting things coming. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually starting a podcast too. Ah, yay. Yes. Um, and I'm going to release it March 1st. Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So very excited about that. That is amazing. What's, what's your podcast about? Okay. So it's called birth junkie podcast. Um, and it's going to be um, kind of based around like birth stories and um, expert interviews. Um, I actually, one of the interviews I have coming up is a clinical psychologist and he's actually my stepdad. Um, oh, very but, cool. Yeah. He deals with um, suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, so he works in the VA, uh, but he, yeah, does a whole speech about it for women and how it pertains to pregnancy and postpartum because you know it's very important especially going through postpartum depression or postpartum Mm -hmm. you know psychosis Mm -hmm. um so it's so important and there's there's just so many fun and exciting issues that I'm going to be discussing with some niche experts and I'm really excited about it yes oh my gosh I'm so excited to listen I oh thank you so excited to listen I will have that linked as well um yeah oh my gosh I'm so excited for you I'm so grateful to you for coming on and sharing your story and and for stepping into this work to help support people along the same journeys. It's so important and so needed. And wow, you're amazing. Oh Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Thank you for having me. Like, this has been so much fun. I love talking about anything birth, so. Thank you for listening to The Overreaction. 
You can check out the episode description to find show notes. That includes links to anything that was mentioned in today's episode, as well as our Instagram link where you can head on over and submit your story to be shared here via DMs. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would be so honored for you to subscribe, leave a review, download some episodes, or send some to a friend that you know would enjoy it. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next Tuesday.